Are you currently in college or recently graduated but kind of struggling to figure out how to approach your post-grad life? If so, then I have the perfect guide for you, which I created for my college self in mind. That is the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success ebook, which features a holistic approach to all things starting out in your career during and after college, from cultivating the right mindset, building your resume, maximizing your LinkedIn profile and network, and so much more. I take you through a personal step-by-step guide on how to prepare for all areas needed when searching for a job. And these were actually many steps that I personally did between my sophomore and senior year of college, as well as the first year out of college. So I always highly recommend to start early to create opportunities for yourself. In this ebook guide, you will find cover letter tips and custom templates available for download, resume building steps with three custom templates, LinkedIn tools, and step-by-step guide on maximizing your profile, top 20 behavioral interview questions, and a lot more. Again, you can find this online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Just make sure when you click shop, just go to all products and you will find the ebook there, or just go to the show notes and it will be linked. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. And on today's episode, I wanted to bring a, I guess, my version of adult life hacking and lessons that I've kind of accumulated over the past few years. And it's very much applicable for anyone in late teens, early mid 20s, because it just really depends on what chapter you're in and at what point you are trying to really shift gears into becoming a young adult. And I think that is something I have observed in peers and people within my age group that is usually just the the hardest struggle. It's like the stuff that we worry about in early mid-20s becomes more about finances and how you actually make life work because depending on your situation when you were in college or maybe you didn't go to school you might have had more of a leeway and I think it's important to learn how to adapt different life hacks as an adult because uh, these are certainly things that I have adapted over the years has made my life a lot more calm, I guess, in those areas. And I noticed that a lot of people come to me to ask um, on like my feedback or my tips on that area of life. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. And especially because I recently went to London, as some of you guys saw, 
and some people were asking kind of like how I am affording to travel and do all of these things and I realized like that's one thing that a lot of people are not aware about is travel points and using points to go to places that you might not usually be able to kind of afford as like at like at the full price and even if you can't use the points to cover everything you can actually often offset a good chunk of the cost to make your trip cheaper and funny enough one of my good friends she's going to paris with her sister and she's probably listening to this too and and she told me that her and her sister actually used points to book their flights and their hotels so actually their entire trip is pretty much free besides obviously the food and uh, everything they're gonna, you know, spend in Paris as they should uh, for leisure. But I think that's really awesome. Like that saves quite a lot of money and those points just rack up. So I guess before I dive into having a credit card with travel perks, I think my first and most important, I guess, adult life hack is to find a credit card with 0% APR which is 0% interest. Usually they offer that for like the first 12 months, sometimes 18 months if you get lucky, to help with buffering any debt or potential debt. So I want to preface, I'm not any kind of personal finance expert. So also do your own research. I am just sharing what I have done and or currently do. And For me, I've always been adamant about being savvy about saving and also having the means to spend as I need to. And it it is different in my circumstance too because I do have business credit cards. This is uh, maybe a separate topic, but just, you know, a lot of us entrepreneurs. And I learned this actually from a very trustworthy business friend of mine who is super, super savvy with credit cards. And he comes from a uh, cultural background and and family background similar to me in that we are very anti-credit cards. Like our families are very, not anti-credit cards, but are always believe it is like, you know, not great for you. And to a certain degree, I I think if you're like the average user, yes, that, that is the case. However, if you're super savvy and you learn from someone that's super savvy, you can learn how to maximize the way you spend and so for me for example some of my business expenses especially in the early months of of when I was doing it I really needed to find a way to have extra time to pay off some of like my statements right and obviously I'm not spending much like some of these are only allowing me to spend up to like a thousand like that's like the the credit limit or like two thousand right so it's not like I'm spending a lot however For the business side, it is really nice to have that 12 months of buffer. So like, you know, as an example, if I have a marketing agency and I only have like, you know, a couple clients in the the, the initial days, but then over like four months, I rack up a couple more clients that helps me bring in more income, right? But I needed that buffer time, you right? So does that make sense? So I have that for my business credit cards. And then I also have one personal credit card that is also 0% um, interest for 12 months. Now, that being said, you do still have to pay like the minimum, which is usually like $25 a month. But my personal recommendation, again, no expert, but I'm very 
angsty about ensuring I do not let too much uh, floating, like how much I owe out there, even though I'm not racking up interest on it, if I have the means to pay that, uh, like more than the minimum on something that is uh, 0% interest, I try to at least, you know, do like $100 or $200 a month. Um, But also, again, keeping what I need that are maybe like to pay off other credit card statements that don't have that kind of luxury where I need to actually pay off the statement in full every month. So um, just to reiterate, if you've been in some minor debt, uh, I would definitely look into finding a credit card that has 0% interest for the first 12 months, but also making sure you are aware that that doesn't mean you just wait until the 12 months to pay everything because, you know, depending on your own habits, which you're going to know best, you need to ensure that you keep up. You know what I mean? Like that you can actually afford to pay off whatever you spend. And in those cases, it's really nice if your your credit limit is literally only like a thousand or two thousand. In my business, I don't need like a lot, but it does help to have the buffer. Okay, so still on the topic of credit cards, back to the one about maximizing your points for travel. So I'll give you an example. On an upcoming trip, I'm actually utilizing points from my Amex business card that also has 0% interest for the first 12 months. That specific card has travel perks. So some cards, for example, might be better for like cash back, right? So these are things I'm not going to dive into in terms of details. Definitely please just do your own research and go dive into understanding, okay, what is like a cashback card like what what would be more valuable to you cashback is really good if you just basically need help with um, getting your statement you know paid off so like you might get two percent cashback right like that the apple card like the white apple card is is perfect for that but yeah for me one of my business cards is better for travel and so i have racked up a lot of points on that card, I haven't used it. And and I am able to use that, those points as cash back too, like to to offset my statement, whatever I owe. Um, but again, right now it's because it's 0% interest, like I have time to pay that off. But the beauty of points is like, I'm actually flying an Emirates flight and majority of that flight, if not, it's pretty much all of that flight was like covered with my points. And so It does fascinate me sometimes when I hear people kind of use the comments like, oh, where do you have the money to go travel and do all these things? And I just don't have the energy to dive into the fact that uh, actually some of this is paid with points. Um, But it's just like a savvy and like a knowledgeable thing. I, I don't know how to explain it. But just so you guys are aware, and I know my friend Natalie Barbu have mentioned this before too on her Instagram, but because she has booked a lot of her travel stuff like to New York with points. But just because you see people traveling often, it doesn't necessarily mean they are spending a lot of money to travel. Like obviously food and like general stuff, that's a given, but there are actually plenty of ways to travel in a savvy way where you don't have to actually spend that money. And that is through travel points and uh, having a credit card that offers those travel perks. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, I will say I'm not 100% sure which cards uh, on, like, the personal credit card side that offers really good travel points and perks that are also 0% APR for the first 12 months. That's usually a harder combo because it's usually cards that are like Amex and I think Chase Sapphire is also a really good travel credit card in terms of like earning points for travel. But those are cards that, you know, you you have to be ready to, you know, if you're spending a thousand a month, that you're paying off that thousand a month when your statement is due, you know? So just keep that in mind. So I'm not sitting here saying go and open these credit cards, but I'm just kind of planting the seed that when you are ready to get a new credit card or you do need a new credit card, maybe you don't have one yet, definitely keep this in mind in terms of where you prioritize your money spent or where you would like to get like money offset or where you would like to see some of it offset. So I have I do have a card where I any all the points I rack up, I actually just use it for cash back so that I don't um, it just lowers my statement. I don't know if that's like the smartest thing to do because the points could probably be used better in a different um, like you know for travel or whatever, but sometimes you know paying off the statement and just having a little bit of help there is more of a priority than racking up points for a future travel trip, you know. But yeah, my best tip on that is just simply to uh, do your research. I have certainly just googled best travel credit cards. I've also watched it on YouTube. I probably have looked at that old blog that's like the points guy or something. He has talked about it on podcasts as well. So I definitely go through a few different people and listen and read before I make a conclusion on what's best for me. And I think the moment you get savvy with credit cards and knowing which card to spend on what, that because you can maximize your, you know, your points and, and whatever, that's, I think, definitely a big, big adult hack that I learned probably more so in the recent like year and a half. So when I was like 24 or 25. Okay, another big adult learning life hack and once again it's kind of personal finance related but I would say definitely invest in learning about your personal finances and how to maximize either a 401k or IRA or whatever kind of retirement plan because I feel like a lot of us 
in our young 20s, we might hear from our parents and people within our family that kind of advise us on what we should do with that stuff. But you guys, there's nothing more powerful than learning it yourself and learning to understand why you should do XYZ and put XYZ amount into whatever account. It really is dependent on your situation and your financial situation. But here, I don't know about um, outside the US, but like in the US, most uh, companies offer a matching 401k or some sort of IRA. And that is all retirement related. And I do think it's important to understand the difference between the two, where you can max out what. And it also looks different when you are an entrepreneur as well, or if you are self-employed, you do have different options to, you know, open up different accounts. But all that to say, my best recommendation is just to read Remit Sethi's book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. He literally has a lot of different step-by-step action plans that you can take in terms of maximizing your personal finance and really what's most optimal in terms of long-term investing and setting up your retirement plan because I think it's so important to have that kind of long-term account for yourself on your own and understanding the trajectory of it and understanding that like you're putting it in and you're like not going to touch it you're not going to look at it so also as another tangent of a hack for me I actually have a certain set amount pulled from my checking account into my retirement account every single month. And this was actually recommended by Ramit Sethi. I read this in the book. I decided to implement that as well. It helps me not see the money. It helps me ensure that it keeps going into there. Of course, I have to go in and ensure that money gets invested. But once again, I'm not going to really like elaborate more on like tips around this because I'm not the expert, but I will say I learned a lot from reading Ramit Sethi's book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, as well as listening to some of his podcasts as as him being a guest on other people. So definitely check it out. And I guess the best part of all this is just, it has helped me with self-confidence in being well-rounded and having kind of my own buckets covered. This is something I talk about with personal friends as well in that, You know, some women, and mind you, I want to preface, I don't think there's a right or wrong option or choice in life on how you approach this, but it's to each their own. But that being said, there are still some women out there who prefer men to be the provider or that they are financially taken care of by their male partner. And again, sometimes it's on a spectrum. Like for me, I do have a preference of being courted by a guy if he wants to take me out, if he wants to treat me, whether it's to ice cream, to a movie, to a dinner date, to a vacation, whatever that is, I do personally prefer that kind of courtship. That being said, I've always been extremely adamant about as a woman, have your own finances, know your own finances so that you don't feel like you are out of the loop or unaware in the future when you are in a possible long-term partnership or long-term marriage, whatever that looks like to you. And I've heard other female financial advisors or people who used to work on like the stock market 
they've always said this too, like as a woman, have your own play money. You know, if you want to use that money to buy a nice designer bag or treat yourself, your man can't say anything because that is your own money, you know? And Kevin O'Leary's wife, I'm sorry, uh, mother was also this way too. And And I learned a lot from him on finance, whether we like his personality or not. I do think he's got a lot of good nuggets on personal finance, wealth building, and what he's learned from his mother, who I also uh, personally like to take lessons from. Okay, so my next little, I guess, life hack or adult hack. This is more of just kind of like an approach to daily life, I guess, and who you surround yourself with. But for me, I noticed I have benefited a lot by surrounding myself with both people that are quote-unquote above me or like ahead of me in certain elements whether that is in business they've had more success in business already or financial success or they are more fit than me whatever that is like they're clearly ahead of me in that realm I surround myself with those people because it helps me feel motivated it helps me see the potential where I could be as well however for me personally I also really enjoy being around people that have honestly no choice in terms of like they have to keep grinding like they they don't have the comfort or fallback of anyone like family or parents so for me this is a reminder of what my immigrant parents dealt with when they came here like they didn't have family or anyone to rely on they were extremely poor more or less and I don't know they, they, they usually don't like or especially my mom she doesn't really like Uh, to utilize that term but that is like the truth of how a lot of people who immigrate here that is often the common denominator amongst all of them you come over whoever you were in your own country it doesn't matter anymore uh, the language barrier all of that and so ironically being in New York has enabled me to be naturally surrounded by more people like that and uh, you know I I have a lot of friends uh, with that are a couple years older than me but all of them that are like not from the u.s and they have had different life trajectories in terms of what jobs were available to them what they had to do to earn money uh, sometimes like the difficulties of being able to have like work authorization things like that so for me it, it's like, i personally love being around those people because they remind me like we don't have a choice you know and i it grounds me. It reminds me like I I might be lucky that I have parents that, you know, um, have been here now for over, yeah, like think like over 35, 40 years, but like not other people are also in that boat and, and they're one degree separation from you. So like, don't forget that, you know? Yeah, I, I really enjoy that because it, it, it kind of ensures that I have to keep the needle moving forward because I can see another reality for myself and I can also remind myself that there are people that are that are hustling, they wanna make it, they're hungry. And I really love, uh, I love that combination. I have two more personal adult life hacks. Second to last one is figuring out what you value most in terms of where your money goes so you can allocate more there so you can enjoy your life. So this is very related to like money dials that Ramit Sethi talks about. And I've talked about it like a long time ago as well. But this is pretty much figuring out what are two to three at most, three at most, areas of life that you really enjoy 
spending money on and dedicate your spending to that versus trying to even out the buckets, you know? This has been my approach for the past few years and I really love it because I don't feel bad for spending money in those areas because I know this is where majority of my money goes. For some people, it could be like majority of the money goes into drinking coffee out. Like that is amazing. That's why some people in finance are against this whole like, oh, stop spending the $5 coffee. Well, it, it really comes down to where you value your money spent most, right? So I'll give my personal example. For me, at this chapter of my life, it is the convenience of eating out. So I do love that because as much as I enjoy cooking, it gets relatively close in terms of like pricing, especially with groceries and inflation and how things are a little bit more expensive nowadays. Um, so it's it's like somewhat even when I'm cooking, but also just if I'm cooking only for myself, it's a lot to like clean and I don't have as much time to just like cook and clean and do all that like, you know, a lot. So I do personally enjoy the convenience of eating out, whether it's like Chipotle or maybe just a dinner with girlfriends. It's nice as a way to also connect and catch up. And then my second big money dial is having a nice, comfortable home. So I will splurge a little bit to have a you know, like instead of having a walk-up apartment in New York, I prefer an elevator building. And I'm mindful that I am allocating more money here. And in that case, I have to offset and cut back from where I'd spend in other areas if I were to have that disposable income left. So for example, I actually spend less on clothing because I, number one, I'm a minimalist. And when you're in New York, you don't have a big closet. And so I like that I don't have to have a lot of options. If you go through my Instagram, you'll notice I wear a lot of similar pieces and colors over and over again. And it's very easy to mix and match that way. So I just have all very nice quality basics, if you will, but also that are like more than basics, you know. But in terms of like splurging, I don't often splurge on like designer items or anything. Like I've had the same designer bags for the past few years. And I actually, yeah, got them or two of them gifted from uh, like a holiday or like a birthday. So I don't go out of my way to spend on those, if that makes sense. But again, I also have peers and friends in life that would splurge on that. So it really just comes down to understanding. And, and this is you, when you understand that, you also don't feel as bad if you are spending a certain way or you're not spending a certain way, right? Because you want to understand what are my priorities? Where do I want my money to go? And for me, I just, once again, convenience of eating out and having a nice quality home. Okay, last but not least, this is also more on like the approach side, kind of like my framework, if you will. But one thing I would definitely recommend is to always ask curious questions to people that are much older than you and in a department that they'd have a lot of knowledge in. So, for example, I ask women in their 40s about love and relationships because they are still close in age enough to really be able to reflect on those days, if you will, right? Like, especially if they are 45 and they found their partner at 35, for example. That's only 10 years ago. And then they can kind of also reflect on what their dating life looks like in their 20s. And I feel like they still give it from a more 
older sister perspective, but with enough years ahead. Um, I really love talking to women in their 40s about this. It's just like a thing that I do. So whenever I'm around them and they, whether they're in a partnership or not, I really love to um, get their take on that. I also enjoy asking people in their 40s and 50s about finance and wealth building, especially if they're at a place where they have built significant wealth for themselves. I'm always curious on their approach, anything they would do differently in terms of investing or spending or not spending, whatever, uh, in their 20s and 30s. And then lastly, I do enjoy asking people, especially in their 60s and older, about regret. Because these are people that have lived double my life or more and they certainly can think back on things that they wish they did differently or they're glad that they followed through with because that's probably for me and something I really push people to think about too as a young adult is not living with regrets or especially significant regrets. I've mentioned this on the podcast before but I think for me the only relatively significant one is my wish of trying harder in the sport of figure skating as a former competitive figure skater and so that is where I get my drive today today I always remind myself you could have put in more effort back then you could have been amongst your training mates who are still skating today you know and and I'm okay with that though like I'm okay like I'm not there like my life is different at the same time I look back and I go, there was nothing marginally different between you and them. It was just effort, work ethic, and determination, to be really honest, which might sound surprising considering how I am now because I'm a lot more, I think, gritty than I was back then. But it probably just comes from that regret, you know? And so something I often hear from wiser, older people in their 60s and 70s in regards to regret or anything they would do differently, it seems to be often about like listening to their instincts more back when they were in their 20s and 30s. Seems to be also primarily around like certain big decisions, whether it was who they were choosing as their partner or making a certain move. Like I know one of my best friends, her mom used to say like, yeah, you know, I wish I did take the opportunity to go live in New York, you know, stuff like that. And you realize, especially for things that you can't buy back, like, you know, that requires time or maybe like a mom in her 50s, she's saying she wish she did that. And some might say, oh, why don't you go do that now? And it's different if you have like children or things like that. So I like to hear from these people because I keep that in mind when I am going through my own obstacles or internal conflicts about a decision or how I'm processing something because when you hear from people on what they they wish they did differently, it helps you, I think, go for it more, or at least I'm speaking for myself, like where if the masses today would not go for it, but I hear from someone 30 years older than me that are like, yeah, I wish I did that though. I just go fucking do it, you know? And and it's, yeah, it's usually just around like gutsy things or like wishing they told that person they love them or wishing they, you know, chose that woman or, you know, chased after, per, you know, whoever. Um, it's, it's always interesting stuff like that. So yeah, that's my, probably my last and best tip is to uh, be as curious as much as you can. And when you get in contact with people 
that have a lot more life experience than you, just ask those questions. You know, we ask our group of friends all the time that are around our age, give or take five, eight years, whatever. But it's so different when you're asking someone that has lived your like, double your life, you know, and and especially outside of your parents too. You know, we can learn a lot from our family, but it is it, it hits different when you are getting just a complete stranger outsider perspective because I think everyone has different life experiences that also, interestingly enough, have similar themes. So I will leave it at that. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much again for tuning in every week if you do. And if you've been loving this podcast, it would mean the world if you rate and review the podcast either on Apple or Spotify. It just takes a few seconds and it really means the world to me. And and I mean that. So thank you for those who uh, take the time to do that and to check out all of the merch, including the best-selling card game, which is so great for spring and summer. If you hang out outside, picnics, all that fun stuff, you can get the card game, journal, everything in between at whatfulfillsyou.com. That's also linked in the show notes. Thanks again, and I will chat with you all next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.